0: Today on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels, we talk Hawkeye football as they get ready for the matchup against Minnesota, playing for what I believe is the best rivalry trophy in college football. We'll get LaShawn's thoughts on it. What's it feel like to hold that big fat pig over your shoulder as you're walking off the field? We'll break down the matchup and what looks to be a slugfest this week. Little basketball talk after Iowa gets it done against Seton Hall and a whole lot more. All today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back once again to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels on the podcast here today, Minnesota coming up in just a couple of days. We preview the matchup and a whole lot more. LaShawn busy week for you. I know they're giving you more and more work there, uh, getting ready for the next summer and the launch of the new EA sports college football game. Boy, I am so excited about that. I I was, we were talking about it right before we came on the air today. I am so pumped up for that thing. Are you going to be able to give us any kind of sneak peek, any kind of preview (laughs) as we get closer and closer? I mean, the people want it LaShawn. You got to help us out a little bit and, and your co-host, you got to throw a free copy uh, when we get an early copy before anybody else gets their hands. I mean, I'm asking kind of a lot here today.
1: Ah, uh, you know, I gotta keep, I gotta keep everything close. No, <laughs> no leaks. They, they definitely not gonna get into any leaks for me. Like, I don't want them tuning in and be like, yeah, hey, yeah, this guy was leaking everything on the podcast. Nope, I'm okay. Um, but no, I mean, uh, everyone's excited. Um, it's fun. It's obviously, it's really, really fun to get an opportunity to work on something like this, especially being around sports my entire life and enjoying video games to be a Mm -hmm. part of a project like this has been really really exciting so but yeah no no leaks for me
0: (laughs) no leaks no leaks so you're a video game guy I'm only a sports video game guy I mean that's all, all I played for years and years I'm going way back in the day now I'm a lot older than you LaShawn so for me it was yes I had an Atari that's how old I am got a Nintendo when I was like eight super exciting time Getting that playing Punch Out, playing Mario Brothers and the like, but I haven't played anything outside of a sports game, and I don't play often anymore. But anything outside of a sports game in I don't know, probably 15, maybe 20 years now. How about you? Are you sports only? Do you play the shoot 'em up kind of games? You Grand <laughs> Theft Auto dude? What what do you like to play?
1: I am a variety gamer. I literally play everything. Um right now I play a bunch of Madden and FIFA. Uh, but I will play, I will hop on some Call of Duty, I'll hop on some Fortnite um and then every now and again hopping on gta is is fun just to like mess around and whatnot (laughs) uh but i like i like playing all all different types of games i just enjoy gaming like whenever i'm not around sports or watching sports like i enjoy being around games because it's just it's just fun it's just another another thing um to kind of just relax
0: and, and whatnot
1: but Oh, and if my family, if you're listening to this, I like hanging out with you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> a bit you, a bit you.
0: Well, so. we're ready for Minnesota this week. And, you know, the breakdown of this game, LaShawn, I, I'll be honest, I love breaking down the games with you and really kind of getting into some X's and O stuff. Give You can give me a deeper understanding of, of what we're seeing out on the field. And I really like that about our conversations. But, boy, this one just seems simple, right? I mean, the team turns it over a couple of times. They're probably screwed. If one of the two teams can run the football, they're probably going to win. It, it just, there it doesn't feel like there's a ton to break down here in this game. Do you see it the same way?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I honestly think we're exact same boat, very similar to honestly the game last week, right? Like, at the end of the day, the team that plays the cleanest, takes care of the, takes care of the football, is typically going to win, and the team that uh, shows off their physicality every single play um, from the first quarter all the way through the fourth quarter is usually going to come out with the, with the victory. It's always been that way in this rivalry. It's going to continue to be that way this Saturday. So there's, there's really not too much for, for us to talk about on it. Yeah. I mean, you, we know Minnesota has a fantastic running back guy. who seems like he's been there forever yes. because he has, but he's a fantastic running back. Um, so, you know, he's going to create success. Um, but it's gonna be on the rest of the team, both on Minnesota and on the Hawks, for those guys to limit the big plays where you can, take care of the football, and when you have opportunities to make a big play, that you make it. Because if in a game like this, if you can create, you know, one or two explosive plays that uh get your team points or some type of play defensively or special teams wise, like Those in the game like this that typically ends up being the difference.
0: It's a simple equation, and one thing that we have to give credit to, I I believe, is Spencer Petras. Look, I'm not a Spencer Petras, I guess, fan, if you will. I think there's so many limitations in what he is as a quarterback that it makes what is already an offense that has never been an elite level in the 24 years of Kirk Ferentz. It takes even a further step back. But that being said, from What we saw in that game against Ohio State when he was ultimately benched, as bad of a half as we have maybe seen in decades at the quarterback position from Iowa. To come back from that and play like he has the last three weeks. I understand, especially the first two against Northwestern Purdue, those are not great defenses. But he stopped turning the ball over. That's something that wasn't just a problem in the Ohio State game. That had been a problem throughout the beginning of the season and even dating back when he was playing a season ago, turnovers had been a problem. He's not turning the football over. He had the one fumble against Wisconsin, but outside of that has not thrown an interception during the three games. So this is a guy, it would have been very easy coming to the end of the career, looking like maybe he was going to be benched. And instead of tucking his tail, the guy went out there and continued to do what we've seen out of Spencer Peters as a football player might have qualms as I do with him, but as a person, as a leader, as a guy that really understands the Iowa football mentality, you got to give credit where credit's due.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Spencer does deserve a bunch of credit uh, for really how he's handled this year. I mean, you think about you think about it as a quarterback, power five school senior, you know, you, you come off of a Big Ten West championship and really good football year. And then you start this season off the way that you do. Like, it can be very, very frustrating for a quarterback like that. Um, at any level, let alone you know being a senior, where it could be possibly you know your last year of playing football. So yeah, like you said, he could have tucked his tail and just packed it in uh, really after that Ohio State game, um, but he didn't. And a bunch of credit to him, just really getting back to the drawing board and getting back to work because yeah, there was probably crazy noise coming in from every single direction, whether it's you know. Uh, from the media, social media, uh, on campus, everywhere you walk, it was, all right, get Spencer out of here. Get Spencer out of here. And uh, the thing that I credit him the most is right now, the way he's playing the last few weeks is he's taking care of the football. And when they have opportunities to to punch it in and score points, that they're doing it this time. It's not like what it was at the beginning of the football season where We'd be in the prime opportunity to score, whether we're we getting the red zone, getting the low red zone, and we come away with three points. Yeah, that has still happened uh, over these last few weeks, but more often than not, we're punching it in. And part of that is because of Spencer being, being great with the football, and then obviously getting the football in our playmakers' hands, like Caleb, uh, like Laporta, like uh, Reganey, getting those guys opportunities to. The score points has been a big, big help for the Hawks over the past few weeks. And the way that Spencer has been able to lead the team and uh, really just kind of embody what it is to be an Iowa football player has been, I think, really, really important offensively for for the Hawks. And it's been a great development to see over this second half of the football
0: season. So it's Iowa, Minnesota. When we come back, we're going to talk about the rivalry component to this game. I've told you guys before. This is the biggest rivalry game for me where I grew up and, and family connections that I have to Minnesota. What about that big pig? We'll talk about LaShawn with that. What it's like in this game, what Kirk had to say leading up to the battle for Floyd or Rosedale. That's all. As we continue here, I'm locked on Hawkeyes. Well, as we get older body is changing LaShawn, you're going to have to deal with this here pretty soon got a bit of a dad bod. Well, I've always had a bit of a dad bod. Maybe a little too many uh, cocktails and beers throughout my days. But you start to feel older, a little less like your old self. You don't have as much time to work out. I got two kids at home. Happens all the time. You want energy in the body you once had. And newgenics is something that can help you feel revived and working out like you used to. It's not your fault if you can't get into shape. As men age, their body naturally loses free testosterone. The man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. Want more energy to counter the negative effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testophan is what you want. It'll help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym to help you look and feel like the man you want to be. While every product professes quality, many products use generic ingredients that often are far less Clinical grade. With Nugenix Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenix formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. It's the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T when you text college to 231 231. Text now, you'll get a bottle also of Nugenix Thermo. Their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Again, absolutely free. Text college to two three one two three one. That's college two three one two three one. Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Get a complimentary bottle of Newjetix Total tea. when you text college to two three one two three one. Trent Conant back with you alongside LaShawn Daniels here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hello, you saw LaShawn laughing at me as I was doing my read over there. You just wait, LaShawn. It's going to be happening to you someday. It happens to all of us. And you can check us on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. First of all, Floyd Rosedale. I mean, just the story behind it, an actual pig that was on the line back in the 1930s when there was some bad blood between these two football programs. It's a great trophy. I've got to touch it at the state fair, bend around it. In fact, in 2002, when we rushed the field at the Metrodona and tore down the goalposts, I was out there on the field for that one, told that story on yesterday's podcast. It's, it's a cool trophy. Is it the coolest for you guys for his players? I mean, he had the big bowl. Of course he had the, the Cyhawk trophy, the heroes trophy that made up trophy with Nebraska. It's gotta be number one, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, this is personally this is personally my favorite trophy.
0: Not only I the
1: story around it is great. It's fantastic and the trophy it's a good-looking trophy. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's exciting. Um so I love this trophy. A bunch of the players on the team when I was in school loved this trophy uh and the rivalry that that surrounds it and the trophy's heavy. Like it's a it pretty is. pretty big beefy trophy. <laughs> um but yeah, this is definitely my favorite trophy. It's, I think it's it's a very it's a really really kind of unique trophy, uh, when you really think about it and the history behind how it came about, which makes it very very interesting for us as players and then for everyone as fans. So I, I love the trophy. I think it's fantastic, and I love that we've had it for for so long up to this point. So hopefully we can keep it that way.
0: Seven straight wins in the series. PJ Fleck zero and five against the Hawkeyes and Kirk Ferentz. He can tell. There's certain coaches that he doesn't like very much, and Phil Fleck, he's a guy that he doesn't. Could you ever play for a guy? I mean, say P.J. Fleck, he was at Western when you were, I believe, being recruited, or maybe he was even in transition, wasn't even there. But, I mean, a guy like that, could you have played for a guy like that? He just, he is so off-putting to me. It, it is, it's not my style, not my vibe. I know some people love that kind of stuff and the energy and all the cliches. That's not for me. Is that something, especially when you were 17, 18, could you have bought into it?
1: Yeah, so uh, thinking back on it, probably not. Yeah. Um probably not. Just just when I think back of like some of the places and coaches that I kind of liked when I was being recruited, um and coaches I had contact with, I felt like a much stronger kind of attraction to kind of the like business business kind of like the way how coach parents is now mm-hmm. and i see pj flex he's he is about business when when it comes down to it yeah he's about business but um i feel like kind of all the theatrics and the extra stuff is just it just it just wasn't my style it just wasn't mm-hmm. something for me and if you know me and if you met me like you, you probably you probably be like yeah i can definitely see that um because again i'm a, I'm a quiet relatively quiet guy uh i just like to Take care of business, and then obviously when it's time to have fun, right? You have fun, but when when it's time to work and get to work and talk about work, like that's what I focus on, and that's what attracts me. So, yeah, when I was being recruited, probably probably not. It probably would have been something I'd have been like, ah, yeah, I don't really know about this guy. Like, is this like is this real? <laughs> is it fake? Uh-huh. Um, and with Coach fans, yeah, I never really got that. I never it was it was never really a question, uh,
0: right about that. So. He is what he is. There's not a whole lot there. So as I mentioned, I mean, you, you know, Kirk doesn't like him, right? I mean, you, you can just tell that these are two guys that are not similar. He didn't like Scott Frost. I think that was very apparent too. Now, again, PJ Fleck wasn't there when you were playing, but were there certain coaches? We know rivalry is important to Kirk. He he loves talking about rivalries. He loves the history of college football. That's always important. And, and we've talked about this in the past where he talks about it. So rivalry game, you know, those kind of things. Did you guys ever get a glimpse of a coach that he didn't like a head coach? Was, was there that ever out there? Was it something maybe you guys just talked about in the locker room name names if you want, but I mean, could, could you ever get that vibe though, for coach parents?
1: I'm not going to say any names. I don't okay, want to, okay. you know, I'm not going to speak on it, speak on anything for, for any drama out there, but, but that said, there was definitely times when, you know, you're going heading into a week and, you know, we have our Monday team meetings and, You know, they're talking about teams, he's previewing about teams. And he'll talk about the team a little bit. And then sometimes like he'll just go on a rant about the coach.
0: Oh, (laughs) Oh, he'll go on a rant.
1: (laughs) He'll go on a rant. Um and you know, like us as players, like we're not saying anything at the time. Like, we're just kind of just like, okay, like I see you're serious, but like you get out of the meeting and you're just like like that was so silly. Like, why is he uh, like he must really have like bad blood with him, or there's just something that just just set him off about it or whatever. So um in yeah, past, you definitely you know, get that vibe.
0: D'Antonio was one. I, I think that was one that I know the programs were very similar, I know there was a lot of negative recruiting that Michigan State did. That didn't make Coach Ferrance very happy. The negative side of things in general. Now I'm trying to rack my brain a little bit. You know, I wonder if Bielema one. I know you're not going to say I'm just <laughs> racking my brain to trying to think of who it was and who were some of the guys, but I know the recruiting, the negative recruiting really bothered him. Uh, there was the game. I think, yeah, it was before you got there, but when uh, Chris Rucker defensive back for Michigan state was in that's jail more, all week, he, he got Ohio released. On, yeah. He got released on <laughs> Thursday and D'Antonio <laughs> let him play on Saturday. And then Iowa just clubbed him, which was a great one too. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's one that makes sense. But that's great that he every once in a while he go out and rant about a coach. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna guess there might be a rant about PJ this week.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. There probably is. Uh there probably is. Cause I feel like there's just something about him that <laughs> his coach parents just doesn't vibe with and he's probably <laughs> just, he probably had a rant set up for him on Monday and then probably came back to it uh on Wednesday. So uh yeah, I'm I'm sure there was a little something, but uh yeah he there's definitely a few coaches uh over my time there where yeah you definitely got the vibe yeah you did
0: like, <laughs> I'm gonna continue to rack my brain and figure out all those coaches well Leshad one final thing here this week we talked about it very simple don't turn it over give yourself a chance have your defense make a play and I think whoever whatever side maybe makes a defensive play very well could be the difference secondly though it's gonna be incredibly cold the high for the day I saw 16 degrees kickoff. 13 degrees you played in cold weather games this one's taken it to another degree you're running back I mean it's one thing when you're a defender and you're going out and you can actually hit people you're gonna get hit in this kind of cold weather I mean how much does that stink
1: yeah oh it sucks it sucks so um there was a few kind of cold games I didn't even I didn't play in our coldest I think might have been our coldest game which was uh my freshman year when we played Michigan oh uh, no. and it was like crazy crazy cold. Yep. Um, I just remember staying on the sideline, just like <laughs> the entire game. Like I, like I was just like, if if they call me to go in, I'm not gonna be able to move. <laughs> like that's how I felt. Um, and then there were some other cool games, like Purdue 2015. Um, like when it had all that snow, all the snow, clear all yeah. the snow off. Um, and then Illinois the following year, where like, super windy the wind day was like crazy. Yeah, yeah. like it was so cold. And as a running back, like. You don't wear sleeves because, again, the slippery material like it kind of slips with the football. So, like mm-hmm. your your arms are naturally kind of cold, and then like the hand, like the gloves you wear, they're not like insulated; like they're just regular kind of gloves. So your hands get cold, and so like just to like feel the football and get a handoff and catch the football is, is difficult. Um, even after, even after you've been kind of lubed up and you've been running around a little bit, like it's still. It's still really cold, uh, just to hold on to the football. So that's another kind of challenge that, that you have. Um, but the good thing is, though, when it comes to the hits, like the defenders feel the hits the same way, just as the way you do. So if in a game like this, like you're definitely gonna be with the one that's gonna be wanting to deliver the hits rather than mm-hmm. take it, because if you're taking it all day, it's gonna get to a point in time in that football game where guys are just gonna they're gonna make a business decision. They're just like You know, like, forget this, like, I'm just going to kind of dive at this guy's legs or just, you know, kind of ease up and just take this shot because like I don't want to deal with getting that additional contact. So uh, when the games do get cold like this, it does present new challenges, but both teams got to play with it. And, you know, really the team that really kind of sucks it up and it's like, whatever it is, what it is, uh, is usually going to be the team that's better.
0: It'll be a cold one and we will break things down after it goes final. We'll have a instant reaction podcast on Saturday. And of course, LaShawn and I'll be back with you early next week and recap everything that we see. Thanks for making locked on Hawkeyes. Your first listen today for your second listen, check out locked on sports today from the games that matter to the most biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. As we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes, we are going to make our picks for the week. LaShawn and I have been back and forth. LaShawn, I believe, still holds the lead in our season-long series. We'll pick five games, including the Hawkeye game, Iowa getting two and a half, and that over-under sitting at a juicy 32. They just keep dropping those things lower and lower week after week. We'll talk about that as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Bet online. It is your source for sports wagering information, stats, news, analysis. They have you covered. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball. We got the World Cup right around the corner. Even esports, they have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and well, if you're here, you obviously do. You can find those as well at BetOnline. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or hop on your phone or tablet to learn more bet online where the game starts wrapping things up here on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you. All right, LaShawn, we're going to make our picks for the week before we get to our picks though. A quick thought on Iowa basketball. I had an instant reaction locked on now after the uh, final last night as Iowa comes back down early in the game and beat Seton Hall, this group, I've been saying they feel a little different. And the reason I think they feel different is what they have in the backcourt. Of course, Tony Perkins, I mean, dude's a dog, right? I mean, he's just tough and he'll jaw and he'll talk a little more and he'll let you know when he hits a bucket over here, if he dunks out here, whatever it is after a decade. And it has been a decade, four years of Mike Gasell and six years of Jordan Bohannon. This is a different kind of point guard. And though TP doesn't have the tightest handles, there's something so different with him. He's a great defender. That's what excites me about this team—is having just a, a different kind of look at the point guard position. Ultimately, Chris Murray's probably going to lead the team in scoring. Robrata staying healthy and being, you know, the most competent, obviously big that they have. He's an ultra important. I'd maybe even argue the most important player on this team. But if I was going to take another step this year, I believe it's going to be because of Tony Perkins—that he's going to be the guy that leads them competing for a regular season crown, getting them into the second weekend of the sweet 16. For me, it's Perkins. What'd you see?
1: Yeah. So uh, disclaimer, I'm not as knowledgeable on, on basketball as I am football, but that said, when you watch college basketball and you look at those top teams, you look at those teams that really that make those deep runs um, in the tournament. They've got very, very strong guard play. Like, I feel like, like that's really the, the, Differing factor between a team that you know w- wins wins one one game, or a team that makes a deep run into the Sweet Sixteen and, and so on, uh, and further than that. And I feel like Tony Perkins uh, brings that kind of energy and ability to this Iowa basketball team, and the rest of the team feeds on that. And when you got have a guy like that that controls the ball and can help facilitate a bunch of things um that's what's gonna help drive this team even further than um they might have done in years past when they've had because they've had you know some really really spectacular players and um Keegan and and Luca but the fact of the matter is because the guard play and backcourt play hasn't been as strong maybe in, in past years as it's looking it's going to be this year I feel like that's really going to be the Factor for the Iowa basketball team, so I'm excited to watch these guys for the for the rest of the year.
0: I am too. I I think they have a chance to be pretty special. I mean, ultimately, there's going to be lulls that's going to happen, but if this team can just be a little bit better defensively on that end of the floor, you know, Fran's team is going to be great offensively. I I mean, you take you, me, and three guys from the YMCA, and he's going to be able to put together a system (laughs) where we can score. He's just he's that kind of guy, offensive coach. He's so good at that end, and it doesn't matter the pieces. I mean, he's adapted. He's done it different ways from Luca to Keegan. Now, Chris, as your leading guys going back, you know, Roy Devin back when you were there and guys like that. I mean, just so many different kinds of players, yet they're always going to be able to score. And that's what makes it exciting to watch. And yes, there's frustrations. That loss last year to Richmond. Here's my problem. So, Sean, we've talked about this. I am not an optimistic fan. That is not <laughs> me. And I bought in last March. Oh, boy. I, I mean, I was hook, line, and sinker. I was talking about, I think this team could give them a run against Kansas in the sweet 16. Richmond was terrible. I bet on everything. We talk about this a lot. I'm always firing. I watched a lot of Richmond. They were an ultimate fade team. It was a perfect matchup round of 32. Same thing against Providence. I mean, it was picture made to get to the sweet 16, but that's the tournament It's one and done and anything could happen. And, and that day I would just didn't have it. But, I'm ready to be hurt again. That's where I am. I'm ready to get (laughs) hurt again by this (laughs) Iowa team. They've sucked me back in and I'm ready to go. And uh, it should be a fun season though. So yeah, I'm ready for it. No doubt about it. And on top of, we also got the women's team. That's going to be always fun to watch. And I'm watching Caitlin Clark. I mean, it's so cool too, is I'm not a huge women's basketball fan. I call a lot of girls basketball at the high school level, you know, in comparison to the way I'm on the men's side, but you you go places and people talking about Caitlin Clark across the country and just, how she's put the women's basketball team back on the map in a big way.
1: Yeah. She's, she's a superstar. Um, When you're a college women's basketball player and you can attract attention from current NBA players that will tune in and watch you. Like that kind of tells you like what, what type of level that, that, that basketball player is at. And Caitlin has been doing it for see, the past two seasons now going into the third. So <laughs> I'm just excited to continue to watch her grow because, again, you could argue that she's been uh, the best um, basketball, women's basketball player over the past few seasons. Like You could definitely argue it. There's been some fantastic women's basketball players over that time, but she's just been spectacular, been on another level, bringing attention to women's sports, which I think is very, very important as well. Because just like you, yeah, like I don't. I don't watch women's basketball. Like, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I do, but if I do see that I will women are playing, like, I will definitely turn to it and watch maybe, uh, you know, a quarter or quarter, two quarters, right? Just to see Caitlin play because she's that good. Of a player.
0: It's worth the price of admission, no doubt. And there's going to be a lot of people in attendance at Carver. Wrapping things up here with our bet online best bet of the weeks as we pick five games each and every week. All right, LaShawn, I'm actually. Uh, typing it out and sending it to you right now. Again, I, just bad work out of me, and, and you continue to clobber me and win week after week. So, you know, you just go on the fly, and this has worked out incredibly well for you this season. Let's kick things off here, and we'll get to the Iowa game. Uh, let's start with Bedlam. Oklahoma State going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma State a week ago, they get the win against Iowa State. It was Spencer Sanders coming into the game and kind of pulling them out of the abyss as Gundy's son. Oof, that kid, uh, he's got a long ways to go, old Gunner. Before he becomes a quarterback at the Big 12 level, yet I don't get this line. Oklahoma State is getting a touchdown in Norman. Okay, it's a road game, and Oklahoma's terrible. They've been terrible seemingly all season long. I don't get it. I'm grabbing Oklahoma State in the points. How about you?
1: Yeah, I don't even. I don't even really think there's much discussion that has to go on here. Like, give me Oklahoma State in the points because, outside of what those first three weeks of the football season, Oklahoma has been awful. I mean, they have not been good really on either side of the football. Um, like, yeah, they're, they've they been hit or miss offensively. You um, know that when Dylan Gabriel was out, that they weren't very good. But even with them back, they still haven't been very good offensively. And then you would think, you know, getting a defensive head coach in here and implementing it, that they would be better defensively. But they're just not. And frankly, I don't really see – that change it's not going to change to this point in time of the season they are what they are so yeah they are they are at home it is a night game it's obviously tough to win in norman no matter what but i i i think oklahoma state's a pretty strong team even though they probably lost some games they feel like they should probably they shouldn't have but um yeah i feel like oklahoma state's a stronger team so give me give me those points
0: kansas is bowl eligible and oklahoma is not that's where we are (laughs) in the 2022 college football season. Let's go to the pac 12 for a couple of games. First up the most beautiful uniform game on the schedule year after year as both teams wear their home uniforms, USC UCLA love this game. And it actually means something this year. So a week ago on my radio show, I called out the upset. I had Arizona beating UCLA. Great numbers got better to seven. One that definitely helped out the bank account. And this one I've also had circled. I think. UCLA bounces back in a big-time way. I am still not a believer in that USC defense. I think they're going to have big-time problems with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He is so much fun to watch. Back at home, they're going to have 25,000 students showing up. It's going to be a sold-out Rose Bowl, something that is a rarity here. Great environment. There'll be plenty of USC fans there. This is more of a fate of USC, and and it feels like anytime the Pac-12 gets close to having a playoff team, they screw it up. They screw it up again this week. UCLA, I'll take the two and a half. I think they win it outright.
1: So uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I feel like, yeah, USC—they've been even they've great offensively. We knew that they were going to be great offensively, um, but defensively they haven't been it. Um, UCLA has been kind of in the same boat as USC has, um, and then they lost. They lost a tough game against Arizona last week. But <clears throat> that said, I feel like this isn't the point in time where the Pac-12 is just going to screw it all up and lose. Lose it here. So give me USC. All give right. me USC for this one. But I feel like they are, the Pac-12 is going to mess it up because they do at some point during the football season. But I feel like this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be the time. It's going to be definitely in a more unexpected way.
0: This is one the other Pac-12, big uh, Pac-12 matchup of the weekend that I've been going back and forth with. Utah going to Oregon. We see the Ducks lose last week, knocking themselves out of playoff consideration. Of course, Utah had their early loss this season as they lost to Florida and one other loss in conference play. They, with two losses, are going to be on the outside looking in. But both these teams still with a real opportunity to win the championship, get to the Rose Bowl. A lot to play for on both sides. It's in Austin. It'll be in Eugene. What do you see here, Oregon, Utah?
1: Uh, Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> this one is a, another good game. You have got some really, really good football games this weekend. Um, I feel like Oregon's going to bounce back. Um, they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose two in a row. Um, so give me Oregon in the points. I still think uh, Bo Nix is a really, really good football player. Um, he's been playing like a really, really good football player this football season. And even though they had a tough game last week, especially at the end of that game Right. Like they still should have been in a position to, to tie that up and get to overtime. Um, but all that said, I feel like Oregon, they're not going to drop two in a row. So give me Oregon. Give me those points. Um, I feel like they got this.
0: Going with the Ducks in a tight one there. I'm going on the other side. I told you before, LaShawn, Utah, that's what I want our offense to look like. I mean, and I went so far as to look up how much of the offensive coordinator Utah's making. He's making a lot of money, but. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham, I respect him so much. Just the way that they play and the way they do things offensively is something I think could work with Iowa and the way that they are built. And maybe I'm a little bit jealous. Plus, I, I just I love their quarterback Cam Rising. He is so fun to watch. So I'm going to say it is two losses in a row. We're on the opposite sides here. I'm going to take the Utes uh, in that one. One more before we get to the Iowa Minnesota game, and that is Michigan favored by 18 against Illinois just a couple weeks ago. I and I were cruising into the Division championship. Then they lose inexplicably to Michigan State last week to Purdue. Now they got to go on the road. Also, Brett Bielema's mom just passed away today. I wonder if that is going to impact Coach Bielema. I mean, just a, a lot going on there. Big number 18, two teams that play similar. Just feels like Michigan plays that style a whole lot better here. I hate betting big favorites, but in this one, I'm going to bet the big favorite. I'm going to take the Wolverines.
1: Ooh. So this line is crazy. I feel like this line is so big um, that it's like tempting me. Like, yeah, just take Illinois, and I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm right there with it. I'm taking Illinois, All but, right. but, I think that it's gonna, it's gonna be closer than I think people expect. But Michigan's mm-hmm. still gonna pull it out, even though, hey, they still might be looking ahead to, to that mm-hmm. essentially, really essentially a quarterfinal football game, yeah, uh, next weekend in Columbus. Right. So they could be caught themselves looking ahead, especially early on in that football game, but they're gonna end up pulling it out and it's gonna be a little bit closer than than we expect. And I'm personally personally, and I'm sure you are too, you're rooting for Michigan on that football Oh, exactly. Like don't <laughs> try not to rec- and that's not gonna be a very, very often thing for me rooting for Michigan, but just <laughs> right. be like the one time that they got to,
0: so Right there with you. All right, we wrap things up as we always do with Iowa's matchup this week. It is Minnesota, the Hawkeyes. Currently a slight dog in this game. Two and a half currently the number. A couple of threes out there as well. Always shop around, find those best lines. I, it has the feeling of this season. We lose the trophy game to Iowa State. Get bounce back, beat Wisconsin, beat Purdue, two teams that we struggle with, even Northwestern. We've talked about the struggles that they had against Northwestern and Kinnick Stadium. And it almost has that feeling of an inverse type of season. It eventually has to happen. We're not going to hold the pig forever. God, I hope I'm wrong. Give me that puke, Phil Fleck and his stupid gophers. and, and I'll tell you what, you know, normally it's about the players springing over and getting the trophy. That Dork he'll probably be the first one getting over there. He's such a. <laughs>
1: <dog>. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that happening yeah. if they win, but that's not going to happen. They're not winning. Give me the yeah. Hawks. They're, yes. not, they're not winning. It's the Hawks because a hey, there's something about Iowa football in November. And that team, I feel like the team hits a different gear at this point in time the football season where things are just clicking. They're just clicking. I don't know what it is about November. Um, We got to get the rest of the months of the football season to be like November because you guys come out, they play strong, and they play physical football in November. And that's what what, what we've been seeing over the past few weeks. And I feel like that's that's something that we're going to continue to see because of the importance of this football game and the opportunities that are still ahead of them, but they know that they got to get this one first. So give me the Hawks. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the game uh, on Saturday. Anytime you get the opportunity to keep the pig, you got to be locked in. So
0: let's hope you got this one, right? Of anything this week, this is the one we need to get this one, right? LaShawn fun as always want to say thank you again to make for making lockdown Hawkeye's. Your first listen for your next listen. Check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back with you next week. I'll have an instant reaction podcast for you as well, both after the game on Saturday and then Monday night as Iowa plays another game in basketball as they'll take on Nebraska-Omaha before the schedule really ramps up going to win this weekend. Bring home the pig. What do you say, LaShawn? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Go Hawks.